Hey guys, and welcome to The Pinder Place. I named my blog and then my podcast such because I used to have this chalkboard in my kitchen that, that one day I scrawled on it, The Pinder Place. First, because Pendergrass was just too long to write out, but mostly because it had a quick and welcoming ring to it. I envisioned my home as the kind of place I wanted people to love being in because it felt like their home, as well as safe and no pressure to be anything but themselves. And that's what this is, a space on the good old interwebs that I want to welcome you into. Let you sit at my kitchen table while I give you some coffee or water because those are usually the only two options we have. And maybe speak some life-giving words over you, glean some wisdom from your words as well, and also share different routines or ideas we both may have been implementing and seeing fruit from in our day-to-day lives. Today is a discussion dedicated to doing the latter. I'm going to make this a series. Today I'm going to be very practical about what has been working in our home life and how I've been running my home in a very easy and streamlined way, at least to me. And I wanted to share some resources that have helped me get to this place. Some of these things I'll share may be small fries to the intense productivity, freedom, and learning you may have going on over at your house, but we are slow and steady people around here. I must start small or I will quit altogether at the first sign of failure. If my goals are too big too soon, it never ends well. So glean what is helpful and toss the rest. Next week's episode will be things that have been working in our reading lives what we are all reading, how we fit read-alouds into our days, how I fit reading into the girls' days, and some resources we have found helpful. And the third episode will be things that have proven helpful in our homeschool life, like rhythms in our day and things that breathe some life into our learning. Hopefully, you can walk away from this series with at least a book recommend or two. And as always, I hope you are encouraged. Before I launch into what is working well in our home, let me note that I could also do a whole episode on things that have not been working, like the three books I started this year and never finished, or the fact that I forgot to put ceiling fans on my cleaning rotation and it totally shows. I tell you that to say life is a journey full of ever-changing seasons. One thing will not work for everyone all the time because we are all in different seasons. In my current season of life, I have only two children, ages 7 and 12. Our home is mostly quiet, we are not super busy outside the house, and both my girls are mostly independent and capable of helping with chores. I also do not work eight hours outside the home. I can quickly put away laundry or do a quick clean of a bathroom during a 10-minute break. Or my kids can fold two loads of laundry while I read a book to them. My husband also works normal hours and is able, with the oldest's help, to clean our kitchen up almost every night after dinner and is home every Saturday to help divide and conquer any missed chores from the week. This hasn't been the case in every season, yet I am thankful for the current season's blessings. So keep all that in mind as I go through some of these things. They won't work for everyone and that's okay. The key is to keep finding rhythms that work for you and help create a peaceful place where productivity is not all-consuming, but that at the end of the day, you can rest without a lot of angst about all the balls that may have been dropped that day. And even with the best laid plans, that still happens sometimes, and that's okay too. There are new mercies every morning. I also want to encourage you that in everything, we want to be realists, not idealists. We have to set real expectations for ourselves and know that we have limits and we can't do all the things all the time. So first, I'm going to talk about routines. 
The first thing that has really helped me has been my planner. Now, I've always said that I was not a planner person and I've always wanted to be a planner person. Every time I got a planner, I pretty much just wasted money. However, I'm not exactly sure how I went 14 years of married life without a full-size planner. The way I planned things was super disorganized. I was buried in lists and I had one calendar on the wall. I missed quite a bit and I had a lot of sticky notes everywhere. But now I live by my weekly plans. So it's a super simple planner. It's called the Home Edit Planner. And the reason that this planner works so well is because of its simplicity. There's not a lot of fill in the blanks. There's not a lot of how much water have you consumed and do this today and do that. It's just a lot of white space for uh, like a full two-page planner. And I will put a link to it in the episode description. Now, normally the simpler something is, the more apt I am going to utilize it fully. And that is just a current theme of my life. If it's too complicated, I will try and then just get too tired of it. So the principle you need to remember is that organizing your week ahead of time will help you prepare for every day. Usually on Saturdays, well, Fridays or Saturdays, I will look at the upcoming calendar and I will fill in all the activities or events that we're doing or things that we have to leave the house for. And then I'll put all the to-dos. So the way that I do my daily to-dos is in maybe last year sometime, I took a productivity course from Felicia Masonheimer. I will also put a link to her or I'll put her name in the description of this episode as well. It was in a free email course. I believe it was seven days and every day she would send an email with action steps about how to kind of organize your home life uh, for better productivity. Now, I don't really remember what all it said. I just know that after I took this, I can't recall all of it, but after I took this course, I sat down and what I did is I went around to every room of our house and I made a list of everything I would ever want to do in that room cleaning wise. So anything I would need to touch, not every day or every week, but just everything, ceiling fans, which like I said, I'd forgotten. (laughs) Uh, wiping down for the kitchen, for instance, uh, sweeping and mopping, wiping down appliances, wiping down any picture hangings on the wall, wiping down the top and bottom cabinets, re-oiling the butcher block countertops or just wiping that off, wiping all anything that was on the countertops that may get dusty, wiping down the chairs, wiping down the bottom of the table, doing the windows, things like that. Anything that I would have to clean. I made a complete list about that. I did it for the rest of our rooms in our house. All the bedrooms had the same list. Um, And then I did, you know, we have a den and a sunroom and bathroom. So I just went and made master lists for each and every room, anything I'd ever have to do. And then I broke it down into what would I want to do weekly? What would I want to do monthly? And what would I want to do maybe quarterly? And so after that, I made a list for each room and I printed them out and laminated them because I love my laminator. And so I assigned a room per day of the week. So on Mondays, we do the kitchen, Tuesdays, the den, Wednesdays, the bathrooms, Thursdays, the sunroom, Fridays, the bedrooms. And then Saturday would be pretty much clean up any piles, you know, tidy. And this is on top of our daily tasks. We always tidy the house at the end of the day. Um, I try to at least get most of the dishes out of the dish, uh, the sink doesn't normally happen. So we have our daily tasks just to keep the house tidy, but really cleaning. I gave each day, each room a day. In my planner, 
what I will do is whatever day I'll have one line and I'll put kitchen. And then if I have any extra things to do in the kitchen, like baseboards and walls that happen maybe once a month or every other month, I'll add that extra in. And that's pretty much the only thing will really help clean. And I'll take the list that I made and I'll divvy it out between the girls and I. And we will all just take about 30 to 45 minutes to do whatever chores we need to. And I highly recommend that when you first do this, that you use a timer, that you time yourself. How long does it really take me to wipe down all the cabinets? Because what happens to me is if I have something like the baseboards need to be cleaned, I just look at that and I assume half my day will be gone. (laughs) But really and truly, if you time yourself, it's usually like 10 minutes. So you just kind of plug in... Maybe don't do it all at once. Maybe do the baseboards during a 10-minute break or, you know, again, I'm at home most most days. So that's kind of how we do our cleaning schedule. What I will do for the bedrooms is what I did for my girls is I made the bedroom list for each of them to put in their bedroom. So when I say, hey, today is the day you clean your bedroom, then they know there's extra things that they're going to have to do. They might have to wipe down, you know, any of their tables or something like that, rearrange something, make sure everything's picked up. But then on their list specifically, I have little dots on when I say go tidy your room for the day, that's different. That's just making your bed, making sure there's not stuff on the floor. They know they have these little lists with dots. These are the tidy. These are the someone's about to come. So do these five things and then you'll be fine. So that's kind of how we tackle chores in our home. And this has been actually very helpful because at the end of the week, if I've missed a day, if we weren't home on a Tuesday, sometimes if we have extra time, I know what room needs to be cleaned the next day. And if I know we're going to be out, we'll add some of that chore to the the current day. And so it just helps me look ahead. And then by Saturday, if we've kind of, if we really needed to get to something like we really needed to vacuum and mop the sunroom floor because right now it's kind of muddy. My dog comes in, we have to wipe his feet. There's a lot of like dog prints right by the door. So if we really needed to do that, then we can hit that on Saturday and then we know. So one thing that I encourage you to listen to is the podcast, The Lazy Genius. She has really great practical, like, how do you clean your bathroom most efficiently? How do you clean your house? Just how to focus without feeling like it's if you give a mouse a cookie. That's what I think living like a mom is. (laughs) Like when you decide to clean your cabinets, you open a cabinet and one, your Tupperware thing is all messed up. And then instead of cleaning your cabinets, you start going through your Tupperware and organizing it. And then you just get sucked in. So it makes it feel like every chore takes forever, but it really doesn't. So with the list, one thing she talks about is deciding once. So that is why I made those lists because what I noticed about my cleaning schedule is I would come to a random day and I'd be like, the house is a mess. What? There's just so much to do. I need to vacuum all the rooms. I need to wipe down all the surfaces. You know, these piles need to be done, done away with. The beds are not made. Like it was very overwhelming to me. So with this, I decided once what day, what room I'm going to focus on. And then the tidying of the house, just putting things where they go, um, can at least visually give some calm to the house. But then if you're touching every room every week, then you at least know that the sanitary portion is also taken care of. That's one thing about my house. I know not everyone is like this, but my house and the clutter or whatever really mimics how I'm feeling. So if there's a lot of clutter, I'm very, 
I'm stressed. Like I feel because what happens is as I walk through the house, I just start making a mental note of all the things I need to do. And then if someone asks me something that's a little bit needy, which is what most kids will do, they need us. It all kind of pours out on them because I just saw 20 things I need to do and they're adding the last one. And so it just kind of helps focus. Like today, we're only going to focus on the den and then we're going to tidy the rest of the house. And I am going to get to that floor eventually, (laughs) or I'll have, especially vacuuming. I might do that quickly and ask one of my kids. So Um, She talks about deciding once and it helps me just, oh, the kitchen. Okay, what exactly on this list needs to be done? And sometimes we don't sweep and mop the floor every single week when it comes up. If I don't have time, I won't do it. And, but at least in this way on Saturday, if it does need to be done, I'll know what I haven't done. So that has been very helpful just to keep a good rotation going. And it kind of takes the decisions out of it. So you're not just fatigued at the amount of things. Now, one thing I will say about why we can do a quick tidy of our house every day, pretty much every day, is that my sister said this, and then I also heard it in the Lazy Genius podcast later, is that everything in your home needs a place. One thing I have to say is usually if there are piles somewhere in the house, it's because someone has given me something extra and it did not have a place in my house. Um, There's extra clothes that we have to go through or something, something that did not belong. So it has not cleared out a place for me to scoot it. Now, some people might have an extra bedroom, (laughs) but this is the place for all the things that they don't have a place for. Um, But we don't really have that. We don't have any extra bedrooms. Normally, what I try to do, for instance, with mail, anytime I check the mail, I make sure to go through all the mail immediately and I trash anything that needs to be trash. And then any bills, we have a specific envelope on the wall, like a metal envelope. I will stick it there. And any reminders, I'll put them on the refrigerator. And anything else that I need to keep, there is a place in my kitchen that I put those things. Now I have one corner in my kitchen that I can see so it can't get super junked up. But it is the place for the things that don't have places. Like the little knickknacks that you pick out pick up throughout the day. We do have a junk drawer, but it is a purposeful junk drawer. It only has certain things in it. And so I really highly encourage that you look, if there are piles or things that you're stacking, that you really consider taking a day and finding a place for all the things, not hiding it, but like a thoughtful place where this is all where all the bills go. This is where all the extra mail goes. Um, This is where we put anything that needs to be filed. We have a filing cabinet downstairs and we have one drawer that sometimes if I don't have time to file it quickly, I'll just quickly take it there, put it on a stack in the drawer, and then try to put that on my planner sometime that month or week to go through that stack and file it away. And if it doesn't get filed away, then January 1st, we do all of our extra filing that we may have been behind on. Um, in the year. So that has happened. Um, so I encourage you to find a place for everything so that at the end of the day, when you tell your kids, Hey, let's tidy up the house, then they're not overwhelmed coming to you. Where does this go? Where do I need to put this? Um, they'll know exactly where it goes. So it may take some practice, but everyone will learn. We even have a little cup that we put our remotes 
That doesn't mean our remote doesn't get lost sometimes, but even that has a place. It's a little cut by the television and we put both the remotes in there and it's done. So even my seven-year-old knows where most everything goes. That also helps with their bedrooms. If they don't have a place for something, they're going to cram it somewhere it shouldn't be or they're going to put it under their bed or it's going to stay on their floor because they don't know what to do with it. So I really try, again, my kids' bedrooms are not just perfectly tidy all the time, especially not my youngest's, but this at least gives them a fighting chance. When I say, please go tidy your room, they kind of have a plan for where everything needs to go. Now, laundry. Again, we only have four people, so take this as you will. Some have a lot more. I've also assigned laundry per day. So instead of doing like all the colors or all the darks that may be multiple loads of laundry, I every day is assigned to a person. So Mondays and Tuesdays, for instance, are mine and Zach's clothes. We do mine and Zach's clothes and towels those first Mondays and Tuesdays. And then Wednesdays, we do one of the girls. Thursdays, we do the other girls. Friday is when I do any hand towels or blankets. And then Saturdays are when we usually do someone's bed. So instead of stripping all the beds in one day, because that's very overwhelming for me, that's why it just did not get done very much. Each Saturday, I assign to a bed. So we only have three beds. So on the fourth Saturday is usually when we do any extra blankets or anything. Um, we do our shower curtains or the liners, the shower liners. So by the end of the month, everything that I want clean that needs to at least be a monthly clean has been done. And this also helps, again, if you plan ahead and you've already made the decision once of when do I do these clothes, then what you can do if we're not, we don't stay home on Tuesdays. So usually what I do is the night before. So Monday night, I know that I'm going to need to do towels and whites. Then I'll start a load of towels that night and let it wash while we're asleep. And then I'll make sure to make a lit, make a note, put those in the dryer when we leave and start the next load so that by the time I'm home, one load is already done. And then I just put another load in the dryer. So that kind of keeps it on a rotation where I'm not behind. Normally, if I know what's coming next, what needs to be done already, I just plug it in. So that's why the making the decision once with your list, like sit down, make your to-do list or make your room checklist for each cleaning and then who's going to be what day for laundry or if you're going to do colors and then darks the next day. So if you make those decisions once, I have this all printed out and laminated. It's on a clipboard in the kitchen. So every day that I sit down or every week on Friday or Saturday, I'll sit down and the first thing I'll do on my to-do list is plug in laundry to-dos for that day and cleaning to-dos. And that is already made for me. That's just filling in the blank. So that has been so helpful because it just gets so overwhelming to be like 15,000 things need to be done. So what do I need to put on Monday? So that has been very helpful for our routines. And I'm pretty sure that Felicia Masonheimer's productivity course taught this about breaking down people's clothes, at least for the laundry per day. Um, she does have a productivity course that she, you have to pay for, but this one is her free e-course. So that's all I did. It was very, very helpful. If this does not sound like anything you want to do, there's another option that I've used when my kids were a lot younger and it was called Motivated Mom. She has a blog, I believe, or maybe just a business page, but what she has done is she has made all the decisions for you for the entire year. And this is what I needed in my non-organized 
time of life with everyone was really little, well, pretty little, and maybe couldn't help me as much. What she does, um, you can do the app and you can download, I think, I think it's $25 for the entire year. I can't remember, but you can print off an entire year's worth of calendars. So you can do it all different ways. She has it where you can do like the whole week on one sheet or every day on a sheet. I can't remember. You can look at it. But anyways, what she did every day has, I think, five to six tasks and they're very random. It's just like, vacuum all the floors or uh, clean out your purse, trim your kid's nails. Because when I was in the little stages, I had to be reminded, oh, today I need to trim their nails because I haven't paid attention to it. So it was very random. However, she even wrote down like, look ahead to the next month, write down any birthdays that are coming up, any events that are coming up that you might need money for. So it was very organized, but she took all the guesswork out of it, which was the main problem, at least for me with productivity, was like, I don't know where to start. So I'm just not going to do anything. And then I'm going to be very overwhelmed (laughs) with everything that needs to be done. And then I'm going to just sit down and not do anything. So that was very helpful. So it's called Motivated Mom. So we have the, you can make all the lists if you have olders or if you have youngers, the Felicia Masonheimer kind of productivity course way motivated mom if you have youngers or just need someone to make all the decisions for you that is a good option also every saturday morning or friday i also make a meal plan so some people do make meal plans but some people are really awesome at just buying what they normally buy and just coming up with meals on the fly i am not like that i cannot do that at all. And so I really have to sit down and I make a meal list. Again, it's just plugging in. If you're out of, if you're out for the night, you can plug that in when you make your weekly, your weekly plans. And then you know how many dinners you need to make. So I'll make my meal plan and then I'll just make my grocery list and I order my groceries from Walmart. I don't know how we lived without that, but it's really awesome. But I also, again, would encourage you to go to the the Lazy Genius podcast because she has a couple episodes about meal planning and cooking. I think maybe bulk cooking, but she also has this great episode about where she says to write down your favorite meals that are like not fussy, that are really easy for you, just like a master list and keep that. So if your week is kind of iffy or you need to like budget or there's a lot of things going on you can just pull from that master list and maybe add a couple of new meals every week so Oxy genius for a lot of her ideas are very helpful now on her podcast i have not listened to her recent podcasts the last one i listened to is a tad bit concerning but a lot of her earlier podcasts have just been so helpful. I probably have gleaned things that I don't even remember were from her. So I would definitely go and check her out. Also, if you THM, uh, Trim Healthy Mama, if you don't do this, don't worry about it. Or maybe you want to know about this. But um, there is a woman who does meal lists every single week. And her it's Darcy's Dishes, D-A-R-C-I-E-S. D-I-S-H-E-S. So every week she puts out a meal plan with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's when I'm kind of getting bored with things or whatnot. I will pull up her stuff and take a couple of her ideas. And if you want to take all of them, she also adds grocery lists. So that is very helpful. Um, Another thing that has been very helpful is for working out is the workouts at Nourish Move Love. 
it's Lindsay Baumgranite, I think, but she will send um, things in your email, like here's a seven week, or I'm sorry, a seven day workout and you'll just click those and she will already have the links and you just do those. They're very, I mean, they're not easy, <laughs> but those have been really helpful. Again, when you just kind of have the decision out of your hands, it makes it so much easier to, and a lot of times she will do, um, so all of her workouts are free on YouTube, but, uh, she will, all of her workout plans are free, but sometimes she will also add in little dietitians. It's a website, she will add in their month or week meal plan. And we've really enjoyed a lot of their meals. It kind of gets us out of our comfort zone, gets us more vegetables and things, just things we wouldn't normally once you're like in a rut. So I've really appreciated um, all of her emails and just her ideas. She has a lot of recipes and things like that. So that's been really helpful. I have a habits thing that, so this is another thing that just goes in my planner Every day I plug it in and it is a read for 15 minutes, either audiobook or paperback. Just like set a timer. We use, we utilize timers a lot because things take a lot less time than we think. So every day I'll try to do the habit of 10 to 15 minutes of reading, either listening on an audiobook or on paperback. 10 minutes of movement per day and Bible reading for me and the girls. So we do Bible during homeschool. So that usually gets done. Um, my Bible, <laughs> I try to read in the morning, but recently it has not been happening and I have been struggling. I'm doing a, um, a year Bible, like an actual Bible who breaks it down into every day. It tells you what to read, which has been the easiest thing for me because I just open to the next page instead of the trying to keep up with the plan. But anyways, so the 10 minutes of movement per day, I recently read a book called Your Good Body. I cannot remember who wrote it. I'm very sorry, but you just have to look it up. Your Good Body. And she talks about this 10 minutes of movement per day and how it could just be stretches while you watch TV at night or a 10 minute walk outside while you listen to a podcast or a book or while you're waiting for water to boil, doing like lunges and squats and push-ups or whatever, just moving around in these small moments of the day when you may just kind of be standing around. And that has been really helpful to just think because you really do need to be at least moving. And if we do it in small little increments, instead of, instead of I have to do a 30 to 40 minute workout today, if you just tell yourself, I'm going to set the timer for five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening and at least move this way. Um, it does bite-sized things aren't so overwhelming and therefore you will be more apt to do them. Um, so that's just a little side note on that. Also, uh, one thing I do with my planner is after I've done my whole week, every night before I go to bed, I'll look about what I need to do the next day, like what we need to be prepared for and things like that. And I'll kind of prepare as much as I can the night before. Like I'll lay out our our morning time read alouds for school. I'll put the basket on the table. I'll make my coffee, which I used to not prep my coffee pot at night and for some reason prepping my coffee pot at night to be brewed when I wake up feels like I added like an extra hour to my day and I'm not sure most people do that but I had not done that so I'll do that but what I also do is I'll put a sticky note 
um, a bright pink sticky note on right on top of my planner and it'll say like rotate the clothes, washer, lay out meat or whatever if I have to lay out beef or something for that night's dinner. And I put those right on the top so that I don't forget those things as I'm looking ahead to tomorrow. So right when I wake up, again, it's the deciding beforehand when I have a peace of mind. So right when I wake up, I know, oh, I need to make sure last night's clothes get rotated so I don't get behind on the laundry and make sure the dishwasher is empty so that I can put all the dishes of the day in the dishwasher instead of piling them in the sink. Now, the dishwasher doesn't always get unloaded in the morning, and that's okay. (laughs) And sometimes the dishes do get way out of control in the sink. But again, we're realist, not idealist. So sometimes it's not ideal, but we need to plan to um, succeed at least. Um, So that's what I'll do. And a lot of times at night, I'll start tomorrow's, the next day's laundry before I go to bed even if we're not leaving the next day, it just kind of makes me feel like I'm not doing laundry all day. If I have only two loads to do that day, then one load is already done when I wake up. So that has been really helpful. So random things at the end of all of this, what has been working really well that's very random. So I, if you follow me on Facebook at all, I have been all about this sourdough bread recipe. I will also link it in the comments if you need it. So On some weeks, I make this loaf at least once or twice a week, sometimes more. And then after it cools, I slice it. I let the girls eat a few fresh pieces that day because they love it. And then I'll put it directly into a freezer bag and into the freezer already cut up. So then we have all these pre-cut slices and I just pull one piece out per person for meals that it would go with. And that just helps it stretch and stay fresh longer instead of feeling like we have to eat a whole loaf of sourdough bread in two days. I would not recommend that even though it would be so indulgent and wonderful. (laughs) So this, uh, this makes me feel super on top of my life. Like some homesteader when I have this fresh bread, that's so easy mornings if I had prepped it the night before. So that has been very helpful and it is a no fuss sourdough recipe. When I say it's no fuss, I promise you it is no fuss because I do not mess with things that have multiple steps. I just won't do it. So this has been really helpful um, just to have these like treats. My daughter likes to just toast bread with butter in the morning and it just makes me feel really good that I made it. (laughs) So that has been a random thing that is working really well. Also, I have a 2022 notebook for everything. So as opposed to what I used to do, I had like a notebook for homeschool ideas, a note, uh, a commonplace notebook for when I was reading books and I would write book quotes down. Then I had a Bible study notebook where I would keep all of my notes and notebooks. Now, this may be very stressful for some people and you can just plug your ears if you like all your separate notebooks. But what I've done this year is I have one journal notebook. I keep it with my planner. And anytime I have inspiration (laughs) that strikes with a thought that I want to do for homeschool or a book that I heard about that I want to read or I was reading a book to the girls or myself and there was this awesome quote, I put everything in this one notebook. Now you could organize it, you know, do books I want to read. And then you could, you know, skip 10 pages. And then that's how many pages I would need. And then um, 
pages and then skip 10 pages. You could do that and then just kind of have sections. But something about having this notebook for everything, I feel like I write things down a lot more now because I'm not like, oh, where's my homeschool notebook? And then by the time I find it, I've forgotten what I needed. So I put everything in the notebook, things people have told me that I, resources I want to look up, things like that. So that has been really helpful, a 2022 notebook. And then at the end of the year, you can pull that notebook out and it's kind of like a mental yearbook of your year, all the things you were thinking and doing and excited about. And then many times, at least in my own life, if I was behind on something or felt I didn't get as much as I needed done during the day or I felt extra frustrated with my kids, it was because I was on social media too much or was doing things that were not necessities and I was doing them for too long. So I may have should have opened with this, but this is one thing I want to say. Facebook sucked up a lot of time in my day that I wasn't realizing. And what would happen is as it was sucking the time and the minutes of my day, other things were not getting done. And then if I was writing something or looking at something and someone came to me with a typical need, I would be, I would be more frustrated. I would find myself more frustrated. And usually it was because I've been on, I had not disconnected, um, as long as I should have. So one thing that I've been doing for the past year, I was really hardcore about it at the beginning. And now I've kind of worked myself into some rhythms that I don't need as much structure about this, but I actually logged off of Facebook on my phone. And sometimes I actually just delete the app altogether before I knew that you could log out and not save your login information. I didn't know you could do that. So At first, I deleted Facebook, and then it was just easy to download it and get on it. But once you log out and you don't save your logout information, I had Zachary put in a password. So I don't know the password to my Facebook. And why this helped me, you're about to learn how I have really bad self-control. But why this helped me is I did struggle with self-control. It was so easy to pick it up and click on that app. And so what's Zach to put a password in? So then I couldn't click on the app and pull it up because I didn't know the password. So normally at the beginning around nine o'clock, I would hand him my phone and I would ask him to put my password in and I would log on to Facebook and I would check marketplace and any kind of groups that kind of were informational for me. And then I would spend about 30 minutes on it and then I would immediately log out. And then I would be too ashamed to ask Zach to log me in again. (laughs) So then I wouldn't log back in until nine o'clock the next night. And this really was very eye-opening for how long I would spend on my phone just mindlessly during the day. If there was a lull, you just click on it to see. And then you just realize that 30, 45 minutes, an hour has passed and you just wasted all of this time and you have nothing to show for it. And I am, and I think everyone should have rest and fun and like really carve out time for that. But I utilize timers a lot because I feel like I am overly indulgent. So one thing that had helped me so much was giving Zach or having Zach set up a password and then he would put it in at night. Now, these days I don't have Facebook on my phone. Very rarely is it on my phone. Very rarely am I logged in on my phone. If I am on Facebook, I have to pull the computer out and click on it and get on it that way. And that's a lot more cumbersome. So I don't find myself just 
mindlessly clicking on Facebook. A lot of times, if I do get on Facebook, it's purposeful because I had to like pull out the computer and think about it (laughs) for a long period of time. So that is just probably why all of the things I said previously, I could have, I've been able to implement those in a way that have been helpful to my life. It was really disconnecting. Um, One thing I do want to end with is if you're at home, biblically speaking, like if we're people, we are to take care of our homes. Now, I we at the Pendergrass house, we des- we definitely feel that everyone in the home has a responsibility. However, I am home. And I know there's this whole conversation about it's not just the woman's responsibility. The men have to help and blah 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 blah. Well, in our life, I am home a lot more than my husband is, and he works, you know, a normal eight, well, 7.30 to 4.30, sometimes 5 hour job or 5 and normal hours. And when he comes home, it would be wrong of me <laughs> if I was able to get things done in the house. If I had just chosen not to and just and, and really was intent like being lazy, not just my kids were crazy. I needed to spend time with them or today was crazy, honey. I'm so sorry. I didn't get to that. That that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who were on social media too long. Um, you stayed on social media for three hours that day doing nothing. And then when your husband gets home from working all day, you ask him to do A, B or C. Now my husband would help me (laughs) and he has never come home and complained about the house. Um, I went through a lot of like hormonal, kind of probably some sort of postpartum depression when my oldest was born and the house was always a mess when he got home. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intentional slothfulness or laziness, which is sin. And so a lot of times, just to put it out there, I'm always going to be the one that does more house chores because I'm home more. (laughs) So that's why I've implemented all these. Um, I heard someone about the motivated mom. Someone had mentioned, uh, a man had mentioned, you know, why do they have to call it motivated mom? Like, that's just, why is it only the mom's, you know, chore? Well, a mom is who made motivated mom. And I've never seen my husband get online and be like, I need to find the perfect cleaning schedule for our home. It's usually moms who do that. It just is. It doesn't mean men can't clean. My husband helps me clean every day. Um, I know some men that are even cleaner than their wives and they want to take that on. It's just because moms are usually the ones that care about it more. And so I say all that to say that if you're at home, I do encourage you to get a routine that is helpful in your season. Some days it's just going to be all you can do to keep everyone fed and clean and safe and then kind of sort of tidy and make sure everything is sanitary. That's going to be your season of littles and things like that. And as your kids grow, they can learn how to help you and do chores. But I do encourage you that um, one thing that Felicia Masonheimer, she has really great productivity and just like routine talks. And I really appreciated her when she said, you know, she stays at home and she's a homeschool mom. She has another job, but, um, she has other things she does. But if myself as a stay at home mom, 
as a homeschool mom and I do tutor, like being a mom and taking care of my house is my job. It is a good job. It is a hard job. It is an important job. It is not just a throwaway. Oh, you don't have a job. You stay at home. And one thing, the perspective shift of seeing taking care of your home as not only a job, but a way that you glorify the Lord um, is just a very good perspective to have instead of like, why do I always have to do this? Or why does this always fall to me or whichever? And I feel like a lot of women can get a discontentment in their heart, a bitterness if they feel like they're pulling more of the weight. And there are lazy husbands. It's true. Laziness is a sin in a woman or a man. But when your husband is being helpful, but he would like to sit down and rest because he's been working all day and and maybe you have gotten to sit down. Like I said, this is what I'm talking about. If you've been on social media or something, like we do build up bitterness that, oh, I'm going to do this and he's going to sit there. And I think you need to communicate to each other kind of expectations. Hey, I you know, could you please help me? And what I'm talking about is kind of best case scenarios is men who are willing to help and women who have been home and are capable and their kids are able to help and things like that. And if we are always outdoing each other in honor, like the Bible says, if our husbands are, you know, loving their wives by helping and seeing a need and meeting it for them and wives are seeing their husbands and their children and they're seeking to honor them and outdo them in honor, that this really will create a peaceful and loving environment. And it's not always going to be perfect. Some people are going to not be thoughtful. It's going to be either me or my husband or my kids, but we really need to be a place that just abounds in grace for each other. And just, I tell my kids all the time, you know, if you see a need, meet it. Don't, don't have this mentality of, oh, they made this mess. I'm not going to help. But just like a, let me love you and show you grace. And it could be even, hey, come in here and let me help you clean this up. Instead of this, like, I'm not doing that. So I'm going to walk over it. (laughs) We have a lot of that and we have to work on it. And so I just encourage you just as a keeper of your home, it really can be such a fun and encouraging and and blessed joy to keep a home in a way that people are welcoming, welcomed into it and they feel good in it and comfortable. And it's not always going to be perfectly tidy and that's okay. But I hope some of these just practical ideas have helped you just how we implement that. But again, you just, you, you figure out what works. You start really small. Don't try to do any kind of crazy, like, let me revamp my whole thing. But just this week, let me assign a room per day or let me assign one chore per day. Let's vacuum the clothes. Let's vacuum the floors on Monday or, you know, things like that. You just have to make it. I, I encourage you to make the decision once make, make the decision on what day you do what. And when you are in the kitchen, Make a list of all the things you need to eyeball that week or that day and see if it needs to be done. Do you need to wipe down the cabinets today? Well, no. Okay, well, then don't do that. But another Monday, you may get to there and be like, oh, yeah, I've splattered some stuff I need to clean off. And so that day you'll do it. And then by the end of the week, you'll know that you at least touched everything, tried to look at everything, and then did the best with the time we're allotted. When we when we hear about in Proverbs where it says, consider the ant, all the things that he does, and not, not to be lazy, not to be a sluggard, but to um, use our time wisely, to number our days, to count all of these precious hours that the Lord has given us to serve others and to bring joy to our families. And that's just kind of what I wanted to 
this to be. And just not everyone's going to be like me. Some of these things may not work at all for you, but I just want to encourage you to find something that works. And if you feel like you're failing every week, then just kind of assess maybe where your time is being sucked away that may not be as helpful. And if you really have no time, if you're working outside the home and you only have the nighttime, that's just a really hard place to be. And you just kind of have to let some things go and be like, I'm going to do that on Saturday. Or maybe if we do, um, when the girls were little and even now we'll do one hour with a timer and I'll say, let's do everything we can do in this one hour. And I'll tell them, let's tidy everything up, put everything back where it goes. And then I'll vacuum or something and we'll put on fun music and we'll just kind of make it an event altogether. And we've also done that on Saturday. Sometimes you just have Saturdays, maybe the first two hours of Saturday, if everyone's been working and at school, because our kids are homeschooled. So I know some people don't want their kids coming home from school and doing chores, but it's all just a way to make sure that we are being thoughtful with each other and with the home that the Lord has given us and the food he's giving us and the budget he's given us. So anyways, I hope that this was encouraging to you about all the things that are working in our home life. And I would love to hear from you if there are things that you've been implementing in your home life that you have seen fruit from. So you can leave a voicemail if you're like, Whitney, all of this is ridiculous. Let me tell you an easier way. Or if there are some things that I might have not mentioned that you have found really helpful, please let me know. You can email me or you can send me a voicemail. But I hope all of you have a great rest of your Monday. And I pray that that we all use our moments this week to glorify the Lord, to love him and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And our neighbors include our children and our husband who will benefit from the thoughtful uses of our time and our resources this week. for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen. If you have found this episode encouraging, I would ask you share this with your friends and leave a review. This just helps to get the word out. I would also love to hear from you. If you would like to send me an email or a voicemail, there is information on how to do that in the description of this episode. If you leave a voicemail, you may just make it on the podcast itself. So always listen to the end. Thank you again for lending your ear my way today.